You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome, welcome. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. As you know, we're here for you. We're here for your pets to answer questions, talk about anything you want to talk about. So we'd love to hear from you to help us out. So a couple of ways to get a hold of us. They call us toll free at 877-385-8882. Once again, that number, toll free 877-385-8882. Or you can reach us better yet here on Zoom. Join us here on the Zoom meeting. Very easy. You just log on to PetLifeRadio.com. Scroll to the shows. You go down the show to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and then you can click on a link left there by our producer, Mark, and um, you can click on it and join us here live. We'd love to hear from you. love to see you. And as I said before, especially now with COVID, many of you I know are having to go to the veterinarian, and you are doing curbside. And it's pretty sad to have to sit in a car by yourself, not knowing what the heck is going on inside with your pet. So doing curbside the right way with telemedicine, you can actually see what's going on. You are there in the exam room, basically, but you're really in your car. You got the phone in your hand. You got the screen. You're watching everything. You're talking to the veterinarian as you would if you were in the room. So um, anyway, that's the way to go. So you should uh, think about it. Talk to your vets about AirVet about uh, doing some real, real curbside, which really, if you're doing it, it's, it's kind of like you're there anyway. As many of you know, um, I kind of peruse the news, what's going on in the veterinary world, and uh, a couple of things that hit the news. And of course, there's some, there's always some COVID stuff. We you know, it's interesting. I think this will be number 31. When I was in vet school, there were 24 vet schools in the US. Now we're up to 31. Texas Tech, um, and very few states have two. Alabama has two, or has Auburn and Tuskegee. Um, and California has two, has Western and UC Davis. And now Texas is going to have two. Oh, I believe that also there's a private school and Arizona has two as well. I think um, Arizona, University of Arizona has one. And I think there's another private school uh, in Arizona too. So they've gone uh, to, from zero to two in the last, oh no, five, six years. So uh, the new one is Texas Tech. There's already one Texas A&M. And College Station already has a vet school, and now Texas Tech just got its approval, and they're going to have, now have a veterinary school in Texas. And you know, Texas is a big, large animal state as well, so they could really use a lot of cattle there, so they could use some uh, another vet school. And uh, anyway, I think that's great. But just that means that more of you want to become veterinarians. So I hopefully, I'm sure they will. I, I hear that the, because of what stuff that goes on in medicine right now, and not all promising as far as medicine, not all attractive to young potential doctors. And I think veterinary medicine, from my perspective, is way more attractive. So um, I think that uh, they have no trouble filling the schools. And I'm sure what they realized is that they, ha they had so many rejections, so many people applying to, say, Texas A&M from Texas or from anywhere and realizing, oh, my God, look how many students were turning away. We could easily, easily fill another class of 100 or 80, whatever it is, in another school. So that's, uh, that's how Texas Tech was born. So I think that's great. Now, Veterinarians are seeing more and more marijuana toxicity cases. I can see it too. I mean, first of all, truth be told, I am a fan of CBD and the right amount of the different cannabinoids, cannabis itself and the other cannabinoids. However, and this is where we have an issue in veterinary medicine, we, don't, we know what LD50 is, we know what the lethal dose is, 
but we don't always know with all these different varieties of marijuana that, that are out there what the specific toxic dose is and what the toxicity size might be. It varies from the type of marijuana to the type of animal. So there are a lot more variables when it comes to pets, animals, and marijuana than there are with people. So there are many of the, of the cannabis and cannabinoids products that might be helpful, but they also might have, well, do have toxicities, but we don't always know at what level. So be really careful. Speak to your veterinarian. Some states, for example, in California, even though pot marijuana is legalized for human use, it is still against the Veterinary Practice Act. I can't re- recommend it. I can't sell it. I can't prescribe it. But what we now I hear that industrial hemp, so CBD coming from industrial hemp is permissible. So you got to do your homework. Every state is different. We're trying to get more information out there to help you make this decision. Are there benefits? We, we, almost across the board, everybody leaves. Yes, there are benefits. But there are so many different varieties now of the marijuana plant, of the cannabis, that we just, we, there's so much more work that needs to be done. And it's, it's being done. But we're not ready to say, okay, start using it. Here's what it's going to help. Here's the dose. We're not there yet. Real pet food company. Uh, it's called the Billion Margot Wild Kangaroo Dog Food has been recalled. Now, let's go back many years. Yukonuba had a KO, response KO, kangaroo notes, uh, a good hypoallergenic diet. The problem was that people, Australians loved it, by the way. Apparently, in Australia, kangaroos are a nuisance. They're all over the place. We felt so badly because they are pretty cute, right? And so we didn't, oh, the poor kangaroo, we don't want to eat, have our dogs eat them. So put a lot of pressure on the company and stop making kangaroo. So what the difference is between that and some of the other meats that dogs are eating all the time, I have no idea. But it did strike a nerve with a lot of people. But now this other company, in, um, it's a, I don't know actually where they're located, but uh, they have a kangaroo dog food and the four pound bags have been recalled because of salmonella. And um, you know, I, in the food biz as well, know very well the importance of staying away from some of these the, uh, bacteria like salmonella, like Campylobacter, Listeria, E. coli, etc. So now here's a good one. Here's a good, good one. If, you, if anyone has ever worked with cows, and um, or work on a farm, or you're on a farm right now, This you'll find this interesting. So there's a new bovine, that's cow supplement from Australia, speaking of Australia, kangaroos, that's made from, it's a type of algae called asparagopsis, okay? Now, asparagopsis has something called bromoform in the seaweed. So what this seaweed does, what bromoform does, it prevents the production of the methane gas which is pretty potent and also can destroy our environment. The methane gas coming from cows as they create this, as they digest their food. You know, remember cows have four chambered stomachs, they're true ruminants. And one of the byproducts of all this digestion as they're getting this great energy out of the grains and the grasses that they eat is methane, methane gas, uh, which is horrendous. Anyway, so uh, this bovine supplement is, can reduces the methane emissions in cows. That's pretty cool. So there are two startups coming from Australia. If you want to invest, not a bad idea. One is the actual bromoform, okay, extracting it from the um, asparagopsis seaweed. And the other one are farms that are growing asparagopsis seaweed. So they have continually have enough to extract the bromoform to help these cows. So that's pretty cool. All right. This was also very interesting. As we know, we've talked about it before. We talked about olfactory receptors in dogs' noses. We talked about their ability to pick up scent that we, have, we can't remotely 
smell anything different, and they they can evaluate it if they can talk, of course. And some 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 of us think our dogs do. So the olfactory receptors we in our noses estimated about five million. Okay, in dogs they have two hundred and fifty million. So that's fifty times what we have. That's a lot. That's a lot of nasal receptors. They call olfactory receptors. So what they can be, you know, look, we know that they are able to detect cancer in people, weaponry, drugs. I mean, their noses are amazingly how fine-tuned they can be trained. Well, guess what? Now they're using dogs at airports. It's already been done in, they're doing it in Finland now. They've done it in Dubai with 90% success where they pass these people. They, they, well, I understand how they're doing it. The dogs aren't smelling people because people might get freaked out. They wipe the skin with one of those little things like they do. Sometimes they'll do it with your baggage if they suspect something. They'll, sometimes it's random selection. Every, I don't know, 100 person they do this to. Who knows? That, it makes no sense to me. Uh, statistically, it's never going to work. But anyway, uh, if you're going to do it, you got to do it to everybody. Uh, to do it randomly, what are you, just testing your, to see if your equipment works? How stupid could you be? But anyway, that's airlines for you. Uh, or I should say airports and the TSA. So anyway, on this one, everybody has a little swab on their skin. Then they take them and they, they have the dog sniff it. And the dog responds better. The trainers know how they respond. Sometimes they sit, so whatever they're going to do. Then on those people, then they test. They do the swab for immediate results. So it is in Dubai, 90% accuracy. So far in Finland, at the Helsinki airport, they're over 90%, 93% accuracy. And, um, so, and also what's so amazing is they are able to detect the change before the antibody or the PCR test can de- detect the presence of the disease, of the COVID-19, uh, the, COVID the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus. So that, that, when you think about it, that's pretty amazing. So a dog might react. They do the test. The test is negative, And four days later, the, that same person comes down with positive COVID. So it just shows you how amazing our four-legged friends are. It's fantastic. Now, this is very sad. Uh, and for those of you who, who have ever done safari and been in places where there are tons of elephants and you watch the elephant family unit, you watch their social behavior, how they stick together, how they help each other, this is so sad. And that is, remember we talked about weeks and weeks ago about the blue-green algae. I reported on it on Inside Edition. We had a whole piece about it. Anyway, the active bacteria in blue-green algae that literally kills dogs so fast. By, you, by the time you get to the emergency hospital, they're dead. It's unbelievable. It's called cyanobacteria. Well, they found in Botswana, there are watering holes. And what else? You ever watch elephants? What do they love to do? They love to either sit in the watering holes, they drink the water, and, or they just go next to it and they drink the water. One of the places we stayed had everyone, every room had its own little, like a, a little pool. And the elephants would come up and literally empty the pool with their tusks. They would go in there with their trunks and they'd stick it in there in the water. And those trunks, it's like a straw. It literally empty the pool. It was crazy. So anyway, cyanobacteria. Found it's the same bacteria, the blue-green algae, in these watering holes, produced toxins, the bacteria, that killed over 300 elephants in a reserve in Botswana uh, because of the uh, contaminated water. To me, that is so sad. It's bad enough we have poachers. It's bad enough there are people out there that are just miserable human beings that will kill animals for no reason, or for a tusk, for ivory, really? 
But here these helpless animals are doing what they do naturally. They drink water out of watering holes, and now three over 300 are dead. Very sad. For those of you who live in Oklahoma, and I think there was also another state I read about in um, I don't remember that one, but in Oklahoma, they've been finding a number of rabies cases. So if you have, remember, rabies can be transmitted by bats, skunks, raccoons, all these little rodents roaming around your neighborhoods. We have skunk skunks right here where I live. So if you have indoor-outdoor cats, okay, go outdoors, or just all outdoor cats, make sure they are vaccinated against rabies. That is very, very important. All right? So, um, So do not hesitate. Now, in some states like California, Rabies is not required for cats. It is highly recommended, but not required. I, who, as you know now, or when it comes to vaccines, I pick and choose based on lifestyle. My six cats are all indoors, indoor only, and therefore I choose not to vaccinate against rabies. The more vaccine, the more risk for vaccine-induced sarcoma. No, thank you. The same reason I don't give my cats leukemia vaccine, because I am not inviting leukemia-positive cats into my home, nor am I inviting bats, skunks, or raccoons into my home. So I'm pretty safe. Now, the argument that I hear from others is, well, yeah, what about an earthquake? What about if somebody leaves the door open? Yeah, it could happen. But I think statistically, it's not going to be as great as the potential danger from giving a vaccine to a cat that doesn't need a vaccine. My thought, that's my thing. So I, I do not vaccinate my cats against rabies or leukemia. They do get their, their respiratory viruses because that can come through open windows. And there are cats in the neighborhood. But my cats don't get out. And... Um, and they don't even want to get out. In fact, one of my cats now, God, we've had him for like six years. His name is Ninja, Black Ninja. He's this magnificent big black cat roaming around the neighborhood. My daughter saw him. He came right up to her and she was petting him. And that was it. She went, she had, she waited for a friend to pick her up. Then about two, three days later, she's sitting out there waiting for a friend again. And the same cat comes up. She's petting. It's rubbing up against her, meowing. So she goes in and gives her some food. Big mistake. So now he is locked into us. I take him to my office. I scan him. We put posters up. No microchip. No nothing. Nothing. So I said, you know what? He's such a sweet cat. Let's let's take him in. So we take him inside. And he was the type of cat that if there was an open window, an open door, man, he made a beeline. So it, it was he was just getting used to this living in house. Now, years later, okay, you can leave a door wide open. And he walks up to the door, the doorway, right? And he takes a peek one way, the other way. Nah, back inside. He has no desire to be outside. So that's what good, good, good in-house living with a family who loves them, lots of cats to play with, and dogs. So uh, he says, what, what am I going to give this up for? So, but keep that in mind. So anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about some, yeah, I've been getting a lot of calls. When I get a, a lot of calls in a short period of time on one subject, I think it's worth talking about. And that's when I get about on AirVet. And we're going to talk about some of these cats with some respiratory symptoms. So don't go away. We'll be right back after these short messages. Looking for a dental treat that does more for your dog? Daily Dose is a two-in-one chew that pairs a daily dental scrub with powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by vets to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. Available for joint, skin, heart health, or calming. Daily Dose, your pet's daily dose of awesome. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code PETLIFE. That's yourpetsdailydose.com. She's a purebred, orange and white, Brittany. But when we adopted April, she's 
started scratching like crazy. I said, what you put into a dog is what you get out. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. So we added a huge scoop of Dynavite in her bowl. She licked it clean. She loved it. Her coat is now soft. It's silky. Dynavite is nutrition. You get some Dynavite. How happy your dog will be. A Dynavite. She's little Miss Hollywood. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Are you listening to this right now with a cell phone clenched between your teeth as you frantically flip pages on your paper calendars? Or are you a new breed of groomer, bred for speed and efficiency of movement? 123Pet software automates your communications, doing the reminding, confirming, thanking, and marketing for you. 123Pet centralizes your schedule, employees, clients, inventory, and more. 123Pet is the business management software you need. Start minding your business today. Visit 123PetSoftware.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're live with Dr. Jeff Werber here with PetLifeRadio.com. And before we get going, uh, we have a visitor, someone, Jed. Can you hear me? Hi there. How yeah. you doing? I'm doing really good this morning. Good. So what's going on? Well, I have a dog, and my dog, it's kind of a new, I got the dog recently, and it's kind of weird. I was having this weird thing going on where um, every time I walk into the room, it suddenly like kind of stands there, and then this kind of red looking thing shows up um on its undercarriage ah okay so that is that red looking thing coming out of the prepuce what, right? I don't know what the prepuce is that is the sheath that covers the penis okay okay so so he is well either he likes you a lot Jed. i tried to get the vet to do everything to get rid of all that stuff and all this all the sexual desires yeah so but it's not always that though is he neutered uh yeah yeah I, I okay. thought they got rid of everything I thought no they no got no you don't that that doesn't you, that that's there forever uh so when they neuter they take away the testicles so the now first of all when was he neutered how long ago uh it was probably it was about a month and a half ago or so but you're just getting he's just now getting to the end of the testosterone because we tell people the testosterone in the system is even after neutering is still going to be there for anywhere from six to eight weeks so you're yeah. getting close but remember this is not always a sexual thing. Sometimes it is a dominance thing, a behavior. Okay. And it could be he's like testing, just like you're testing him out, Jed, he's testing you out. Oh, I'm uh, not, not going to let him dominate me. I'm the owner. I know. Good. Of course. I, I pay the may. bills for the house and I also, I heat the house for this. Exactly. Stuff. Exactly. So, but you can't blame a guy for trying, you know, he's going to have to learn as he spends more time that he is, he is not the boss. You're the boss. Is it and he'll learn it. To be LGBT because uh, that's you know it's interesting that is a good question and nobody really knows because the cues that whatever it is are different for animals so uh, it has been thought but I, I think this is not a sexual I think this is more right now of a of a behavior thing or way to like or, that at all like to like put them to the test just to like maybe I could just sit out on my bed and just kind of lay myself out on the bed and see I don't think that'd be a good idea. I don't think that'd be a good idea. But I will yeah. tell you that he is um he's testing you out and if, if anything you can 
at least um, be happy that he kind of likes you, whether he likes you just because you're his boss, because you're his owner, uh, or he likes you because he is, um, you know, just likes you. That's either way. But uh, the behavior will go away. That I can tell you. Okay. Not, not a problem. He also, and, uh, what breed is he? The other day, and is it possible that my dog has COVID? Is that a normal thing that happens? No. It shows that dogs can transmit it. Cats can get it, but cats don't seem to be affected by it. They can actually, you can test them. They will get a positive COVID test. So we know they actually get it, but they can usually get it from an owner. It doesn't even seem that they pass it on to other cats. All the instances where cats had it and were tested, they were not exposed to other cats, but they had owners who were COVID positive. Dogs, on the other hand, are almost like a fomite. A dog, if you sneezed on or coughed on a dog and the dog got the virus, and then someone came and pet that dog within a few minutes and then put their hand in their mouth, it would be possible to transmit the virus that way. But it's improbable. And um, this shows that dogs don't get it. So a coughing dog is coughing for other reasons, not because of COVID. Well, the problem is my dog, you know that, that how AIDS was spread back in the day. If my dog is LGBT positive, then maybe he's engaging in behaviors that are not sanitary for his lifestyle like mine are. I, uh, I don't think you have to worry about that. Dogs don't do, uh, they don't play that game. And also, we're, we, look, now he's your dog. You adopted him, right? He's in a good home. He won't even have an opportunity to mingle with other dogs at the dog park. And once- Well, when next- we went to the dog park the other day, he was trying to basically hump these other male dogs. And that's why- That, that is, that is just pure eyes dominant. Eyes getting all nervous and I was like- yeah. Doesn't belong in this home anymore. No, we no, have that's pure signs all over the walls, and I tried to put a couple more that that, that kind of signify that rainbows are not allowed in this household. But he didn't seem to understand. I, that. I love the fact, Jed, that you're giving your dog credit, but you're giving him way too much credit. He's so smart. no, he's uh, the humping other dogs at a dog park is purely at this point dominance. And that's what dogs do. They're social. That's how they strut their stuff. They beat their chest. In fact, and the reason we know this is you have a lot of female dogs that are dominant and want to be dominant, and they hump too. So it's just, it's just a sign of, I'm going to be the boss. The other one says, no, 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 I'm the boss. And then you're saying, no, 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 buddies, I'm the boss. So uh, it's yeah. a new dog, new environment. You just got to give it a little time. It will resolve. Anyway, thanks for the call. Thanks for checking in with us here on Pet Life Radio. How can I get back on the right track with my wife? Oh, I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> Just keep the dog out of the room or else he might try to do the same behavior with her. So um, anyway. I know that he doesn't believe in the Lord. He never tries with my, my wife. Is I mean, she's not a 10, but she's probably at least a four on a good day. And he, he doesn't even ever try with her. He only tries with me. Well, then maybe you're the 10. Who knows? All right, Chad. Nice talking to you. We're signing off, and I got to do a quick bit on uh, cats with respiratory. Thanks for calling, and uh, good luck with the new dog. Take good care. Have a nice day. Take care. Thank you. So real quick, we have a couple of minutes left. Well, I'm getting a lot of calls about cats wheezing, coughing, and, and interesting young cats. So, of course, when I hear they sometimes they'll send me a video, and you got this, <laughs> and it's like a lot like hairballs, and they say, no, it can't be hairballs because they never cough up a hairball, okay? And I can explain that. And um, the second thing is that could it be like a asthma? And yes, we see feline asthma as it's an allergic disease. It's responding to some allergen or irritant in the lungs. The airways get thickened and it causes this coughing. But what's weird is I'm seeing a lot of it. So now I'm thinking to myself, this can't be like regular allergic asthma. 
Look, I never say never. It could be. But I'm wondering, some of these calls were coming from Oregon, the, the West Coast. We had these fires. And I'm suspecting that there is a lot of, of pollutants in the air that we breathe, and therefore the, and the cats breathe. And that's why we're seeing a lot of these cases, because a number of them were coming from these areas that were infected by the fire. We're looking at you know Idaho, we're looking at Oregon, we're looking at Washington, we're looking at California. So that is a possibility. Now, to answer the question when someone says, and I, and I hear this a lot, no, no, it's not hairballs, Doc, because they're not spitting up any hairballs. Well, guess what? A hairball is in the stomach, and they cough it up, and you see the hairball. That makes sense. Hairball. But what about, let's say, a hairball is in the stomach, and then it starts coursing through and makes its way into the duodenum, the first part of the small intestine, or farther down. But it still causes the same backup. Think, think of a drain plug somewhere under your house. It's still going to cause your backup. The toilets, the sinks are going to come up, but you don't see what's causing it. You got to get the rotor-rooter guy to, to clean it out or to go down with the camera. If the plug is in your sink itself, not going down the drain causing the backup, you see the clump of hair, you see what it is. So it's very possible that we can see cats that have um, hairball disease, hairball problems that are, you won't see the hairball, but the problems associated with that hairball, which is now somewhere in the intestine, are still happening. So when you have a situation where you have this kind of coughing, one of the things I always recommend, even though there's no downside, it's not going to hurt, is definitely do the hairball remedy. Put it for about four consecutive days, then go maybe two, three times a week and see if that helps the problem. And um, hopefully if it's just a reaction to air pollutants and it's not feline asthma per se, you might get away with maybe one treatment. You want to see your veterinarian, take an x-ray, see what the lungs look like, see if the airways are thickened. If the airways are not showing the classic signs of feline asthma, then I would give it some time. Or maybe just try the cat on, on a cough suppressant. Talk to your vet or aminophilin or theophilin, which is a bronchodilator, and see what, uh, see what we can do. So something that you should not ignore, but don't panic either. So uh, anyway, that's all we have time for today. I want to thank you much for joining me. Thanks for Jed for his very interesting questions and uh, concerns. Uh, I don't think that's uh, commonplace, but you know, yeah, never know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not surprised by dogs or animals anymore because you never know what, what can happen with it. Anyway, we'll be back here in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be going. We're going to try to pre-record some shows. I'll be gone for the next two weeks, but we'll try to, as I said during the week, record something for you. But if not, I will miss you. Hopefully, you'll miss me a little bit too, and we'll be back live on air in three weeks. So uh, thanks for joining me. Once again, you can find me on Instagram. I wish you would join me on Instagram. Just follow me. That'd be great. Uh, you can uh, check me out on Facebook. And if you do not have a telemedicine platform and you want a good one, download AirVet and just put me, Jeff Stella Hospital, as your primary hospital. And you will have your own, very own concierge doctor who you can bug 24-7. All right. Have a great couple of weeks. We'll see you soon. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.